Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in crowdfunding land? Huh? You guys doing all right? What is crowdfunding land? I haven't really thought about that yet. So, still not in great spirits from the last episode. Uh, I am obsessed with Facebook right now. I am obsessed with reading all of the, um, you know, gut-wrenching, horrible things that are going on in the world. And uh, today's my birthday, and, um, you know, I'm not doing anything that I want to do, but that's fine um, because, you know, I've got to be a man. And uh, let me just paint the picture for you. You can probably hear in the background, uh, both of my kids are sick, so they're home from school. And uh, they're coughing really bad. Uh, they, I think they have croup or something along those lines. So we're going to go to the doctors a little bit later. Um, so the three or four things that I had planned today, those have all gotten canceled. So that's nice. So instead, let's record a podcast, right? That's what you do when you're just... Uh. So what's on the episode, you might be asking? Well, this is where the exciting part is because... I, I talked to um, uh, Ahmet Moshi uh, about his uh, um, board game uh, called City of Mist. Ah, Mist, ah, Mist. You know, I probably could have put real delay on there, but I decided to do it myself. Um, so, you know, we got into, uh, again, having these conversations about the board game land, I am just blown away at the board game community going on in Kickstarter right now. Blown away. Honestly, didn't really know it existed before starting the podcast to this degree. And every one of these conversations, I'm just awestruck with the amount of people uh, participating, playing, supporting, <clears throat> creating. There's such energy around it. It's contagious. I'm picking it up, you know. So City of Mist is a pretty interesting game. Probably, I'd say, in the top, I don't know how many of these interviews have I done. Um, you know, and I know I'm no expert, but the artwork on this game is unbelievable believable uh truly works of art that you would want to hang on your wall um so uh i met and i had a nice conversation just about uh you know about uh, just about his background and growing up in israel and uh and, and the campaign which is doing awesome they're just under fifty thousand dollars with two weeks to go um almost a thousand backers um and re- just a really cool game so uh, I would I would definitely suggest downloading their free starter set if you're uh, intrigued on it. That was a pretty cool thing that they did, um, and I think one of the best strategies. So if you're thinking about doing a board game, um, I, yeah, I, I check these guys out. We've got a real, lot of good stuff, and maybe reach out and uh, and and connect. So so yeah, I don't even know what day we're on. Day two, three after the aftermath of Tuesday. Just uh, you know, I'm just still. Um, it was even kind of hit me home even harder yesterday because I had a, a I think I had three podcast interviews yesterday and each one of them it was like oh and mind you people from all over the the world and each one of the conversations was uh, you know what's going on over there um, uh, you know just uh, yeah it's just uncertainty everywhere hear that. That's my daughter, Neve. So, yeah, so she's been coughing for about 10 days. Last night, I slept uh, in her bed, uh, which is a very hard twin mattress that we just got from Ikea that I'm telling you I hate. 
and my back feels like it's, um, you know, a, a pretzel. And also, she coughed most of the night in my face, so I have that to look forward to. And my, my daughter has an amazing um, trait where she must um, hold your pinky. And not just hold your pinky, but the other thing she likes to do with it is she has to dig her fingernails under your fingernail. So she's constantly hitting your cuticle. And if you ask her to stop, it's, a, it's an ordeal. That, what I just described to you, is straight up torture. And when you're attempting to sleep, and this is happening to your pinky, I cannot tell you the frustrations. Now, this is, this is, and this is one of the reasons where, um, you know, uh, because of the couples therapy and all that other drama, which I know I get into once in a while, um, you know, we talk about how to communicate with kids half the time, and I'm reading a book, and then there's this other book to read, and so on. There is nothing in a book that says, hey, when you're being tortured in the middle of the night uh, because your daughter is um, pushing on the cuticle of your pinky for two two hours, three hours, when you talk to them, make sure you lower your voice, don't have any emotions, and just talk to them as if they're, what? That is, that's, what, that's how I stopped reading a book because that's not reality. What somebody has to show me is how to communicate in the middle of the night after being tortured for two hours. And tortured is a light word for this because, again, imagine a little pinky digging into your cuticle over and over, under your nail, just digging in, digging in, digging in. Yeah, that's what's going on. So that happened all night. The flip side of that is my son... Uh, was coughing all night, uh, it, it all the way up to, to the point of puking, making himself puke because he's coughing so hard and, and not breathing really well. So, so my wife had to sit with him. So that's that's pre-birthday night, right? And now you get to the birthday, and you know what I have going on right now? I'm planning my own birthday, and I this is not some sympathy ploy. I, I I don't want anybody to do anything. I'm not asking. I'm just talking it out loud because again, as I keep saying, this is my therapy portion of the uh, podcast, and um, uh, I need it. I absolutely need it. So now I have, uh, you know, my mom and my te- and my sister and my, you know, my wife, all asking me what I want to do. You know what? I I plan everything. So if you guys could just just pick something, and I will go eat food somewhere somehow with sick kids. Just pick it. <sighs> I've also noticed too, and if you're a Seinfeld fan, the Serenity Now um, episode is one of my favorites. I mean, it is, to me, one of the classic Seinfeld episodes. And Serenity Now is something that is used quite often around the Wenzel household. Even the kids use it because, you know, we've watched that episode quite a few times. I, Lloyd Braun in that episode is correct. Serenity Now, insanity later. It's not working anymore. I used to be able to take that deep breath. Serenity Now! Not anymore. Man, I'm excited about this conversation. Um, I don't, you know, board games are, it's hard for the uh, board games to blow my skirt up, frankly, but this was an episode, or this was an episode, this was a conversation, this is some artwork that I really dig into. It almost had like a Sin City vibe, which is um, about as deep as I go into this sort of category, and uh, uh, in terms of like that sort of artwork or whatever, I don't even know what to describe it as, um, because I just, I don't know how to describe it. It's that simple. Um, but, you know, the campaign's doing really, really well. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of excitement around there. Uh, I'm at, it has a ton of great energy, and uh, it was just a great conversation. So this is that part of the, 
of the episode where I ask my favors, right? I got some favors to ask. Maybe maybe do it because it's my birthday. Here you go. Here's a good birthday gift. Go out and tell three or four of your buddies or your friends, whatever, um, that this is a really good podcast and they need to subscribe. Let's do it. Oh, there's my son. You probably heard that one, right? Um, you know, that is so important for us right now. We're, we're, try, you know, we're working pretty hard to get our viewership and readers up. Readers. What am I talking about? Listeners up. Uh, so that's really important. So go tell a friend. That would be awesome if you could do that today um, or tomorrow or whenever you listen to this because we're in podcast land. Um, second thing is if you want to really dive into questions um, and really want to um, really want to get a- access to myself, Paul, and Sean, uh, join our Slack channel. It's our it's a crowdfunding community. We've got a ton of great people in there. Good conversations going on. Lots of tips, tools, techniques. A um, lot of strategy going on in there. And it's inside baseball. So something that, you know, if you're running a campaign, definitely ask us a question. If you're struggling with something, we can give you an answer. If you want to join that, you just got to go to the website, woodshed.agency. I know that's challenging. And hit join our community. Uh, third thing is uh, maybe sign up for a newsletter. That goes out twice a week. We get Tuesdays and Fridays. Those go out. Fridays, we've got the um, five things I found interesting on the internet, which uh, is me kind of curating and making the internet a touch smaller. So you can go check out that if you want. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff to to participate in. Follow us on social media: Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Instagram, Woodshed Agency. Pretty, pretty not not that difficult to get to. So, all right. I think that's enough of me pimping myself, selling out what we're doing and all that stuff and getting you guys to hopefully go and do some clicking around. But um, here's my conversation with, with Amet from City of Mist and their Kickstarter campaign. All right, the red light's on. Go time. Here we go. So, uh, so Amit, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to, to jump on, uh, jumping on my podcast and uh, telling everybody, uh, all my listeners out there, about your uh, about your successful Kickstarter campaign. So, why don't you do me a favor and tell my listeners exactly what your campaign's about? Right. So, first of all, thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to be. Um, uh, City of Mist is a noir role-playing game about ordinary people in a modern city who start developing legendary aspects and therefore, you know, supernatural powers. So the whole city is really um, this kind of... uh, It's a modern city, it's a noir story, but the city is veiled by a mysterious force called the Mist that hides the activity of these legendary forces. So even though these legendary forces are really running the city, people on the street don't really know it, and it looks like an ordinary city. So your characters will be investigating strange cases, unsolved mysteries, all these uh, places where the mist kind of uh, tears and wears, and you can... um, you can start seeing some indication of the supernatural activity. And they're going to try and look for answers about themselves, the origin of their powers, and so on and so forth. So this is, uh, in a nutshell, what the, what the game is about. Very cool. Yeah, it sounds like a really cool, fun game. So where did this idea originate from? Well, originally, almost 10 years, well, it was more than 10 years ago, I, I wanted to play a role-playing uh, game campaign or to run a campaign that is uh, about superheroes but isn't 
really, um, you know, kind of based on the science origin that is usually central to superheroes. It's more of a mystical Doctor Strange kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And the more we went on with it, okay. I mean, we've played it in different variations. Me and my groups played it in different variations over the years. And... Uh, it evolved into more than just uh, superheroes with a mystical origin. It became a kind of a, its own genre and very, very gritty, very um, focused on street level. So uh, it became really about ordinary people and those powers that they develop. Is there any sort of um, you know, personal history or, or personal side of this that, that's re being reflected in the game? Uh, yeah, I guess there is. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It's your superpower. Funny you should ask. <laughs> no, I'm a real, uh, I'm a real. Uh, I really like uh, myth. You know, uh, myth legends. I've been uh, kind of into that stuff forever since I can remember myself really, and um, I really like. I've previously also dabbled with some. Uh, uh, writing, trying to write a novel about a modern retelling of an Irish myth, and this has been really like a thread throughout my life. So, this story of, of really like, and you know, you know how? Have you ever heard of jo Joseph Campbell? He's like this uh, comparative myth uh, guru, and um, yeah, I have. Yeah. You know, he's kind of he was involved in uh, Star Wars. Right, yep. So he has this uh, book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, that basically one of, one of its uh, concepts is that it's always the same story, just with different faces, including modern-day people. So our lives are actually quite um, similar to the stories of the great myth and, myths and legends, and that kind of evolved into City of Mist. Interesting. So walk me through a little bit on, on the, you know, the actual time frame it took to kind of get you where you are right now, what was the first step kind of after you, you know, at least had this running thread going, all right, I'm going to get this to, uh, you know, to Kickstarter at some point. But what was that first step like? Um, I think I think I realized that um, I could very quickly generate a I, I think... Okay, the first step really was the moment I played Lady Blackbird and I, it kind okay. of clicked... It clicked to my question of how can I do a game of of infinite powers uh, without getting super 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 technical like other great great systems other great systems like hero system that I used for years and without forcing the players to choose like uh, power sets and define everything in that way. How can I make a nav superpowers game? And when I when I met with Lady Blackbird, that just kind of clicked in. And I guess the first step after that was I I, I wrote the system I think in something like a week, uh, the the core, uh, even less. And uh, the first step was I went to um, like a GMing contest with this thing, and I used it as a playtest, and. The, I got rave reviews about the system, so I said, okay, this can work. So I guess the first step was, was to take it out there and, uh, and see what people, right. what people thought. So, so that's an interesting thing. One of the newest themes kind of just been floating around uh, me and clients and is just this vulnerability level. So, so when you were sitting in that point and you were like, you know, like, I, I got to get this out of my brain and take it in front of somebody, how did you cross that line? You know, how did you, you know, get the, you know, the balls basically to go out and go i'm gonna i'm gonna put this in front of somebody and be vulnerable 
<laughs> you think that took balls leaving my job and <laughs> focusing on this uh, <laughs> that was the oh well, we're gonna get to that in a second but yeah so uh, well i think i got your legendary powers baby uh <laughs> So yeah, um, look, I've been doing this for a while, so I know, uh, I know, I knew what I was doing at that point. Um, I, I've, right. I've created many systems. I never, I only published one, uh, but not in this way. Um, and I um, also, I've tried so many times. You know, I guess when you're a GM, you're constantly putting things on the table and saying, what do you guys think about that? Or here's how I did it. And so I think it kind of, it got, it got me, um, you know, rather resilient to, to you know, cri the, the concern about criticism. Of course, I'm very open to hearing sure. and get, receiving criticism. So I just wanted to get it out there and see what happens. And we I had a blast. Um, I actually met one of the guys who uh, who is on the Son of Oak team, like who's uh, helping us with the game, Neve, and I met him on that occasion, and that's when everything started rolling. That's interesting. I'm sorry, what was his name again? Uh, Neve. He's huh. the he's our that's community my daughter's guy. Name. Yeah. Yeah, is that's uh, not a common name. Yeah, my my daughter's name Neve. Cool. So, I love I yeah. love I love that name for uh, for a girl. Yeah, it, uh, I named it after uh, Rupert Neve, the audio uh, guru who creates uh, recording equipment. Wow. I love the recording world. So uh, You like right, your podcast. I do. I do. Well, I, I had recording studios for a long time. That was my business uh, prior to getting into crowdfunding like I'm doing. But, oh, very um, cool. So, so let's then backtrack a little bit. You mentioned leaving a job. So what is your background? Where do you come from? Um. I've been doing, I'm, I've been kind of threading between the product world and the um, role-playing games world. I, not really role-playing games, but content world, also in role-playing games. So I've been writing content in various jobs before I uh, joined a startup and started building my skill set as, um, as a product manager. So... Um, I was doing that for a while, right? Something like seven years in total. So there is, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that I did it because I think a lot of the success of City of Mist is owed to that uh, time and the training that I received there because um, it's one thing to be a good uh, writer and it's a completely different thing to manage a team and create a product. And sure, uh, yeah. my background there was just, uh, I mean, I, I only was, I was only able to believe in my, my ability to turn this into a success um, after I did many, many other projects, much bigger than City of Mist. So that's cool. Well, well um, you know, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Israel, uh, in various towns uh, around Tel Aviv. Okay. Um, and what's the gaming? So. What's the role-playing game community like there? It's awesome. Really? <laughs> really? It's very. It's a small country, you know. There's uh -huh. what, like seven seven million people. So there, right. there's not a lot of us. But mm -hmm. for a small country, it's an extremely active, um, um, you know, extremely active community. It has its own nonprofit organization that's really pushing um, role-playing in the country. There are c 
conventions, everything you can think of that you have, maybe not in the same scale, but everything you can think of that you have in, in bigger countries like the U.S. and U.K. and Germany, you, would ha you, you have in Israel. And, and this community has been extremely supportive uh, of me creating City of Mist and, and helped me uh, promote it, even though it hasn't been written uh, in Hebrew yet. So many people can't even play it, but they're, they're supporting it. Wow, that's very intriguing. And then now, are, uh, did you move to to, um, to London? Is that correct? Uh, our our guy in London is Iran. He's the um, okay. he's our editor. So we're kind of launching that from there. Oh, interesting. Cool. Um, so so it sounds like it was a really supportive community then around you as you were kind of you know just playing. I'm assuming you didn't make a game right away, but at least it sounds like you had a nice support system. Definitely. Um, I mean, also the playtesting, of course, initially were entirely in Hebrew. And um, oh, yeah, really? it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really crazy path that this game has taken. And yeah, yeah. Like so so yeah, we we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of help. People people really got involved and provided the feedback. And uh, there were many, many playtests before we even uh, released the alpha. I think it was last March. So uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So what did your parents do? Um, my parents are just, were just all ordinary uh, Joes and Janes. My dad works in a, in a um, kind of a high tech company. My mom in in a bank. So we're just a really okay. So, so not role playing game creators no. at all, or were they supportive of that? They were extremely supportive. I I don't know. There's something about this project that has really um, you know kind of got everyone uh, very much involved in, and and support. The pro and um, and me in the process of creating this game. So my parents have been extremely supportive of this. They're like, go for it. And every time we we kind of hit a milestone or um, or uh, you know have any kind of success, like some of the contacts that I've made uh, with the leading people in the role playing game. Uh, community, the worldwide role-playing game community. So these were very mm -hmm. important contacts, and, and everyone, of course, they shared it with my family, and they were extremely happy about it. That's, that's great. It's always nice to have that family support uh, when you're on a, on a mission here. So, it is. So you're, you've got the career going, it sounds like. So when is that step? When are you like, I'm going to go ahead and focus on, uh, on the City of Mist? When was that? When, was that uh, when did you jump into that deep Well, end? I was going to... Um, it was, it was just a question of time. I, was, I knew that that was the next thing that I would do, that whenever I finished up with the startup, um, I'm not going to go immediately and look for another job. I'm going to try and, try and make it happen because I had everything. I had no more excuses left. You know, the training I needed, I had right. a really cool idea for a game. Uh, and um, I've, I had all the experience I needed, so there were no more excuses. I just, okay, let's do this. Uh, and uh, I guess, um, you know, you're, you're, as you're getting older in life, you realize that, that you're not going to have infinite chances. It's time to get off your ass right. and start doing things, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. That's cool. So one of the things that stood out to me instantly, and, and, and I say this to every time I interview the, on the role-playing games, I'm just not a huge board game guy, but I'm understanding this community more and more as I've been doing the podcast is, but the thing that stuck out to me is the artwork is unbelievable is. looking. Um, I mean, just, it, it reminded me a bit of, uh, what was the Sin City? Yeah, I don't know if you yeah, ever, did you ever see that movie? 
Well, and I, I mean, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm assuming, but uh, but it seems like it's almost in that ballpark. So walk me through a little bit of the artwork in that process. Yeah, the artwork is uh, done by Martin Sobon. He's um, um, he's a good friend, but other than that, he's just an amazing artist. He's out of this world. I haven't even exposed like a fraction of what he can do seriously and i know this stuff looks really really good but he yeah. is just out of this world and uh, there's going to be a lot of things further on uh you know or further down the line in, with the kickstarter that we're going to um uh, reveal that he's going to be involved in like a lot of more art uh, coming from Mark. But yeah, we basically the way we worked is that I created the the characters for City of Mist and um, I uh, worked with him on the designs and he just you know of course he took it and, and gave it his own slant and some of the time with Martin he just uh, the next thing he shows you is just kind of a little different from what I expected, but you just dump what you expected right there because it's so gorgeous. So whenever I saw one of these characters coming to life, I was just, wow, okay, that's it. Yeah, they're yeah. amazing. So where was his, where did he come to the picture? Uh, I knew Marcin from uh, working with him previously. He's also a designer. Uh, and um, Okay. And eventually he also, I didn't know, he was going to be involved at, at a very um, kind of basic level uh, at the beginning, but eventually he freed up as well. And um, mm. after a while I said, okay, if you're free, let's do this. You know, I mean, uh, and he said, yeah. I mean, we talked about doing uh, a City of Mist and he agreed. He, re he was into this project, right? Uh, but he, he, we waited until right. he was free and then... Uh, he jumped in, so he was, he was pretty much from the start of, from when things got serious, he was pretty much uh, there from the start. That's great. So, I mean, you've been working on this project now for, for quite some time. What, what has been maybe the biggest roadblock or the biggest pivot you had to make? Where, I don't know, you just couldn't get something done or this couldn't happen. Uh, what, what's been the biggest, like I said, roadblock uh, in this project so far? Um... I guess the, the main thing was that my schedules originally for launching the Kickstarter were, were off. I, mean, I, I, I thought that I launched the Kickstarter much, much earlier. And, but we didn't get to the... I mean, the, I guess the decision, the biggest pivot was the decision to... Uh, in March, after we released the alpha, the decision to create a full-blown starter set and share it for free with everyone and you know put so much energy and money into it that was the um that was the the turning point there so that's interesting on, on the starter kit so how did you guys come to that decision and then what has that decision actually then turned into um so the decision, I was always going to release something, but I thought that mm -hmm. we, being completely new to it and um, in a market that's very much uh, saturated and uh, so many new creators write sometimes crappy systems and sometimes incredible right. games that do not break the, uh, you know, the noise and the, the, they just can't get to people because... 
And I realized that our first challenge would be to, to break this screen of noise that's actually between us and the people who would like City of Mist. And to do that, we needed um, incredible art and beautiful design, which is... <laughs> Not to say that I'm not or I already wa- I already fantasize about these things for a long while, so I'm really <laughs> I'm a big uh, you know junkie of art and design, uh, especially in role-playing game books. so so yeah, when we when I realized that, I said, okay, we're going to have to release an awesome uh, free starter set and just just to get everybody's attention, <laughs> you know, and just say, hello. We're right, here. Right, you right. need to look at this, and and I think it worked because we funded in nine hours, and then we continued to uh, uh, to really, you know, we're yeah, like on yeah, par well. with the other um, other campaigns that are going on now, role playing games that are much that that have better funding, that are backed by um, you know popular figures. Uh, of the role-playing games, we're, I'm very right. happy with where we are now, and I ascribe uh, a lot of it to the starter set. Yeah, I can see that. So let, let's pivot then. Let's let's actually break down a little bit of this Kickstarter. So obviously that was a seems like a major major step. But what else did you guys do, kind of before in your pre-launch phase, before you uh, hit the go button on your Kickstarter? Right. So uh, we released um, the set in August, and that kind of launched us into uh, at least. It ended up being almost three months, but at the time we thought it would only be two months of uh, promotion. So all kinds of things, you know, reaching out to people. Um, one of the most uh, valuable things that we did actually was posting sets of our printed sets, very beautiful premium printed sets that are that are now on offer of our pre-gen characters to, um, you could say, trendsetters in the RPG world. So, and these things sometimes open doors that an email or any kind of digital medium would just not, uh, not do. Right, right. So there was that front. And of course, there was a lot of, um, you know, going on on social media and just spreading the word. Now, people respond really well to great art that's free. And right. um, and th- so they pick up your game, and if it happens to be a good game, uh, which obviously I think it is, and I think they thought it was as well, at least some of them, uh, they really start kind of championing it. Like some of, some people really started championing it, and it was really it was very helpful. So we just start we we spent about two months of building the buzz around it and trying to really get everywhere we could on the on the digital world uh we uh, neve and a couple of other friends also promoted the game in gen con uh which was handy meeting people in the industry as well um Hmm. we didn't have a booth or anything it was just uh we just attended um so yeah we we just create tried to create all this uh build up towards the kickstarter with whatever resources we had now, did you do a lot of paper clicks through like either Facebook ads or or like a um, board game geek ads or anything like that? No, she didn't do. Uh, I don't think we did anything. <laughs> really? Okay. We, wow. we didn't do anything. I think we <laughs> maybe maybe after the Kickstarter started, um, I uh, I spent you know something really ridiculous like thirty dollars on Facebook ads, and I don't honestly find it very useful. Specifically, really? Okay. yeah. I mean, 
I just feel like a lot of what I get is um, are, are kind of slush leads, you know, people who mm-hmm. like the post, but they don't interact uh, with the game. And I don't know. Right. I, and of course, we do the segmenting and all that that Facebook offers you. And, and still, it, it doesn't feel very effective, I have to say. Um, hmm. Which is, yeah, it surprised me as well. Yeah, did you build a mailing list or anything with, um, with, with for the starter sets? Right, that was another that was another major major move because uh, to download the starter set you had to enter an email, mm, and yep. this was uh, this was actually uh, a tip from um, kind of an uh, an Israeli Kickstarter veteran, Nimrod, um, Nimrod or. Well, for you guys, it's a <laughs> it's a word, but um, it's actually a yeah, name here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the poor guy, guy. Yes, he actually yeah. deal a lot yeah, with Americans. Yeah, that is a poor guy. Yeah, he he would probably want to change that quickly if he was living. <laughs> he's doing he's doing well for himself in America, mind you. But anyway, oh, is he okay? Yeah, well, well, maybe maybe it's the other way where it's just like it's so branded. It's just like everybody's like that's Nimrod. He's yeah, so maybe it's. But he's probably, but he's a star. So I guess when when you're really good, people just don't worry about these things. And he's definitely yeah, not probably. a Nimrod because he gave me a very good tip. <laughs> right, right. He told me, uh, look, yeah. get get their emails, and um, and at the same time, um, we we basically say to people, we will let you know about the Kickstarter. We're we're only going to email you once. We'll, we will let you know about the Kickstarter. Uh, and you can get 20% off the game for the early bird, which is people are very oh, happy cool. to, you know, put their email in for that. And um, and they can opt in for for other updates. So that created cool. this, you know, mailing list that received de- a weekly from us with all the posts and all the cool stuff that we've been working on and doing. And uh, we had, a, I'd say we'd had a, a relatively engaged community by the time uh, the Kickstarter went live. That was also. I would say that you definitely have an engaged community because I mean the what eight hundred and yeah. how many backers you have eight hundred eighty-seven as of right now. I mean it's yeah, a lot of it people. Is. You know, it's a you know. And so how did you guys develop your reward system? Um, was there any sort of strategy around that? Actually, there was eventually the, the reward system that you uh, see now had a kind of uh, I don't want to say. I want to say counter strategy, but I don't want to say it because um, there's definitely thought behind it. But after doing a couple of uh, rounds of, of building the reward system, I said to myself, "Look, I want guys to be. I want well, guys, gals, everyone uh, to be. Um, I want everyone to be able to enjoy this game. So how do I make it simple for people to buy it, basically?" To, and the other th- the other side of it is it's also at the same time it's like honesty is a strategy or 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 uh, not honesty but just being authentic and direct about things and less and simple as a strategy because at the same time you know in a way your kickstarter page is like your checkout page in a way and you want people to easily find what they're looking for so i kind of went over the um the tiers and did a major major simplification i threw out a lot of the higher tiers i just said okay this is 
it's cool to read, but it's not really serving anyone. Maybe the one person who will pick it, fine. I want things to be very accessible for people. And the same, the same goes for the prices. Uh, I think we're getting uh, feedback across the board. This is a very reasonable for a role-playing game. And um, I'm happy about that because I want, I want it to be um, available for people. Right. Yeah. And I, I think your rewards are awesome. I think I love the way how they're all laid out. And, and I, I, I can see I can see where you were going with them. So now on top of this, so how are you handling then the shipping um, uh, scenario uh, for, for your for your game? Yeah. So the shipping, uh, that's that's quite complex. Uh, the the main benefit is that of having a, an international team is that you can actually you get a like a little base of operations in each one of uh, the countries where your team members are so you know shipping from in the eu or um even the uk uh, becomes very easy and of course uh, with all the fulfillment companies around it's, it's quite easy to ship from the states as well um so, so yeah, I mean, uh, we don't have the exact scheme of where and what we're going to send. We're waiting to see how many people buy uh, like from, from, every, um, from every country, but we were definitely comfortable with saying that we're going to be able to bypass these issues. Um, and, of course, we're going to use BackerKit for the more complex orders, um, including add-ons. I mean, we're going to add a lot of... Uh, physical add-ons in the coming week or so. Um, so, so I I'd say there would be some complicated uh, orders that we're going to use BackerKit to to help us with that. That's cool. And and you know, so you've got a ton of stuff to print, right? So, how did you go about finding either that partner or you know the right company to to help with that? Um. <clears throat> There's a first of it's really contacts. In the end, it's contacts. So we I have a couple of contacts for printing in the U.S. Um, on top of that, uh, printing is f- in a very weird way. Printing is super evolved in Israel. <laughs> so and it's and it's quite cheap. So maybe some of this will be printed here. Uh, we still don't know about the the balance. But I'd say the end is really contacts. I mean, you just start asking around. And as we started this, we also started making friends in the RPG industry. And they're helping us out a lot. And have pointed us in several directions. So I think this this is how we came in contact uh, with these solutions. Cool. Sorry. So we talked with the, with, the, with the solutions. Oh, it's all good. So... You know, we talked a bit about you know the big pain point or the big roadblock or pivot that might have happened. What's been the most rewarding thing that's happened uh, since you started uh, Endeavor? <laughs> well, there's one big thing that's very important, and uh, I can't talk about it yet. But we're very thrilled about it. So there's one. Okay. Uh, All right. There's one major. Let me say it, okay. let me put it this way. There is one major um, trendsetter in uh, in the RPG world that has agreed to feature our game and we're just super thrilled about it i mean i oh, mean I had, nice. when i got the message I, i'm serious i had tears in my eyes like i was just <laughs> blown away uh, so we're very very happy and they were really cool about it as well it, it's not like a promotion or anything 
Um, and and mm. it was really the recognition, I think, the the, the moment of recognition from uh, from that person um, about the quality of what we've made that was very very touching. Uh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, there's nothing like a good compliment from a, a trendsetter yeah, out there. So so that was really cool. So so what is the next? You know. What's the next twenty days look like um, uh, for you and the and the project? For me, they're going to look like a madhouse. <laughs> uh, that's because we have a lot of things. Uh, I mean, the last week was kind of um, obviously more sleepy than the uh, than the the first week of the campaign. Uh, where everything is really um, fireworks, but we have some a new set of fireworks to to launch. So we're looking at, as I said, more physical add-ons. Uh, we couldn't keep that artwork artwork limited to print, so <laughs> we we're gonna have it on a bunch of uh, a bunch of things like um, like shirts and wall scrolls and really incredible things like if you could get the at the project just the idea of having one of those characters on your wall like in full size just it's really i'm sure a lot of people are going to be excited about it and the next things is we're going to release uh, a set of um, social achievements and try to get um, everyone on board to participate in in more more you know um more actively in in spreading the word and getting a lot of rewards for that, so I think that's going to uh, kind of uh, ignite a new a new a new wave or start a new wave of uh, of I guess engagement with our backers. And there's a lot of uh, other stuff coming towards the end as well as I said this year and uh, many other things. That's great. That's yeah. It's going to be probably a fun 20 days for you even though it'll be busy yeah so what what is what does scale look like to you at some point like like where are you envisioning this you and and this idea going and and you know what's 10 years look like wow um well i would really like son of oak to become a publisher we have um there are so many ways we're going to expand the city of mist um, and at the same time, we have uh, at least two games in mind, some of them quite um, different to the role-playing games we, we see around. Actually, both uh, quite different to the role-playing games we see around at the moment. So, um, yeah, ICS is becoming a publishing house. That's cool. what's, what's the hardest thing about getting in, becoming a publishing house? Well, I think that it's, as I said, it's one thing to create content and it's another um, to have an operation. So I'm deliberating, um, you know, we're going to be a publishing house or a studio. Uh, or do we want to take on all this operation or do we want to focus on content? Uh, but it's still open-ended. Um, we'll see how things go. But I think the hardest thing would be um, the, the kind of the the brick and uh, mortar operation of printing and the physical operation, I should say, um, because because getting our users interested in creating good content, I have a lot of confidence in that. And uh, the other stuff is just new stuff that that we're going to have to learn, and of course expand and and bring people on board. So there is a lot a lot of work on the long run. 
And, and do you envision at some point City of Mist maybe you know having distribution and being on all the store shelves, uh, uh, you know, in the United States and stuff? Uh, yeah, I think that's much closer than uh, than any of the other stuff I mentioned. I think that's we've already been contacted by several distributors. Uh, we have. Um, you know, propo- proposals to play the game and distribute it in different languages. So maybe like five or six proposals. So that's that's almost uh, definitely going to happen. So. Right. So so you know what goes into that decision? I mean, to you know, because again, it's like everything just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, more complex, yeah. right? And and it might actually maybe even lose this very personalness of you know launching on Kickstarter and you know. 800 some odd people really getting into it like like how do you kind of control that intimacy that you're probably really enjoying right now between you and your your back yeah i think there are many ways i mean we're talking we're talking completely theoretically now because it's it's relating to the future but yeah but just yeah, to, yeah. yeah to answer that i think first of all the the choice to be a studio rather than i don't know if that's a correct distinction in in what these terms mean but for me you know rather than taking on board all the operation of um distribution and stuff like that um we could just uh focus on creating content and be very close to our um to our followers or our fans and that's one one way of doing it i think um and the other the other thing is that today in in today's world you see even very big rpg creators uh, easily communicating with their fans on their facebook groups on their google plus communities on twitter so it's close, um, and um, I guess in every operation there are people responsible, for, um, you know, for the operational side of things, and there's people responsible for the content or the product. So um, I don't, pre- you know, pretend to be an expert on the operational side, even though we're doing really well on that aspect but the the operation is still small scale so i think in the future i would personally prefer if we do set up an operation i would personally prefer to involve other people in managing that and focus on the content and the community but all sounds like an exciting a lot of lot of different roads you could go down it all sounds exciting i mean and on top of that you've got a, a campaign that's successful already so you know what is you know, when you're sitting there right now, what is the temperature like for you and your team? You know, how, do you, how, how what's just the overall energy and vibe? <laughs> Everyone's psyched, really. I mean, <laughs> uh, everyone is really, really, really excited. Uh, you know, we're we're looking at this. We're saying, okay, it's happening. It's really happening, and um, and I, I mean, we're not all in the same place, right? So everything's online, but um, we're. We're just excited. Every every little thing that happens, you know, someone shares this or someone finds someone in the team finds, uh, you know, a new post or a new share or something that uh, is done by, by our fans and he shares it with the rest of the team and everybody gets excited. Of course, we're constantly working on new things. So we get excited about this we're going to share and we get excited about how excited people are going to get <laughs> when we share it with them. So um, so it's it's very, very cool at the moment. 
That's great. That sounds awesome. Um, Ahmed, I, I, I appreciate it so much. You taking some time out of your day to, to talk about your game and your background. And, uh, and, uh, I think my listeners are just going to really love number one, this game. Number two, I think just the energy that you guys are bringing to, uh, to role-playing games. It was a really great conversation. I thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right, how about that conversation, huh? A lot of really good stuff going on there with his uh, game, City of Mist. Um, uh, Also, just finding out, you know, what what, what the gaming community is like in other countries, huh? You know, just, just, man. What a strong community that's going on out there. So I hope everybody has a great weekend. Um, like I said, I knew this was going to be a pretty wild week with the elections, three episodes, um, great conversations. But uh, it's been an exciting week. Today's the birthday. I'm going to go out and do some celebrating uh, after I get the kids healthy. But um, hopefully you guys all enjoyed the conversation. Uh, if you're interested about the track that's playing right now, this is a, a, a song called Chemistry. It was off of a CD I put out called The Sugar People. So... Here's the track. I hope you guys have a great weekend, and we'll see you all on Monday. Let us sing, let us rise, don't let this moment pass us by. I feel this party's living up, don't miss this chance. So fine, that's how I like it That's how I like it I take my hand before it's too late But in my side side And it won't wait, let's keep it going In the sun I'm slipping We feel like glasses with champagne With the windows down, we can't complain You can call this love, but love's in vain You can call it what you will Can you give it to me? Can you give it to me? Give it to me, baby.